Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the second episode of the Three Man Weave. My name is Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by the Commissioner PC Tunney and my brother from another mother, Mr. Ray Cash. Gentlemen, how is everybody this afternoon, this fine Sunday afternoon? As I give you the Larry the Legend, (laughs) doffing of the cap, if you will. Before I proceed, I I would be remiss if I did not mention that Three Man Weave is brought to you by the good folks at ChairShot Radio Network in conjunction with TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And make sure you use your heads, ladies and gentlemen, as we continue to step further and further back outside. We're heading into the summer season. A lot of tank tops, a lot of shorts, a lot of sundresses. Shout out to the sundresses. And a lot of t-shirts. So why don't you bulk up on your t-shirt collection by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. And pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. We've got something for everybody. We've got Jesus Did the Job. We've got Save Tag Team Wrestling. My personal fave, hashtag journalism. King Baron Corbin sucks and many, many more. Again, if you enjoy the content that we provide on a day in and day out basis, we would be much obliged and appreciated if you made sure we can continue to provide that content to you. And you can do that by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Please and thank you. Thank you. And please, the chair It's not just a website. It's a movement. All right, gentlemen, now that I got the shilling out the way. <laughs> um. Everybody's silent, so I guess everybody's waiting for me to say something. So, 
Uh, I don't really know what to say at this point. Obviously, unless you've had your head under a rock, uh, you know about uh, some of the situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in in this country right now. And, you know, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of frustration. Uh, You know, I say whenever I'm having intellectual discourse with somebody, I always bring up the caveat that it's America. And that being said, every situation that you look at, you have to filter it through the lenses of racism, sexism, classism, ageism. That's just what this is. And my issue is, as a society, we always treat the symptom as if it's the problem. Well, no, 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 no. All everything that you see happening right now—that's not the problem. That's the—that's not the root, rather. That's the symptom. And I've said it on probably damn near every airwave that I've ever been on. We, we, we. Number one, we got to deal with the race thing because we ain't even begin to scratch the surface of the woman thing. But that's neither here nor there. But I, I just mark my words, man. I, I don't care if you're black, you're white, you're Asian, Latino, if you're a one-eyed, one-whore, blind, purple people leader from Yahoo, Mississippi. Just please hear me. If we don't come to grips and reconciliate America's past and its foundation and don't deal with this racism and this racial issue, it's going to completely destroy the entire fabric of America as we know it. And now the scary thing is there's a lot of people behind the scenes that are pulling strings that you've never heard of and don't know about, and that's exactly what they're trying to do. So in the illustrious words of Mr. John Legend, wake up, and I'm, I'm through with it, and I don't want to say nothing else. You, you know, you said that uh, if your head's under a rock, that's not an excuse because the Amish people know. Even the Touché. Amish are out here protesting. Um, there has been a very pointed and vicious war on facts in this country. Factual, truthful evidence and information has been attacked to the point where nobody knows what's real and what's not anymore. Um, even when the proof is right in front of you. To the point where a good portion of our country's first thought process when they saw the video of George Floyd being kneeled on for almost nine minutes was, what did he do? Doesn't matter that the man's screaming for his life. Doesn't matter that the man is apprehended and detained. Doesn't matter that he is surrounded by four officers and there are I'd venture to think a half dozen people screaming that he needs help that he's completely detained and handcuffed and get off of his neck doesn't matter that two and a half minutes passed by the past with him with his last word being said doesn't matter so what did he do I think to try to tie to what we talk about here, because if I'm quite if I'm quite frank, I didn't really want to do this show today. But my brothers, I anything from, I do anything for my brothers. You got to do the work. You can't put your head, you know, you can't put your head in the sand like an ostrich and just ignore the world. You got to keep moving. 
um, but to tie it to sports. The ultimate irony is that three years ago, Colin Kaepernick kneeled on a field just to say, pay attention to this. And he was ostracized, attacked, and banished from his career. And now it took another man kneeling on another man to make people realize that probably ain't right. Think about that. It's it's hard for me to want to come out and be boisterous and, and very uh, decisive in giving my opinion. And I'm usually very decisive. For me, it's really easy to make decisions, right? And... I want to kind of hit it from more of a broader perspective and say that this isn't a problem. This isn't a one racist problem. This isn't the black people's problem. This isn't the Latinos people problem. This isn't the people of minorities problem. This is a everybody that lives together problem. Because like you guys said, you know, once you start breaking down the scale of what's happening, it's just going to be madness. No one's going to get along anymore. Right. You need to be able to walk outside and be around people and just know that they're people just like you and treat everybody the same. And I know that's really hard to do from a perspective on either side or any which way from you look at it because it's hard to let things go when you've been wronged, right? It's hard to start fresh from zero. But unfortunately, it's going to take it's going to take a lot of forgiveness from those that have been wrong for everybody to move forward together. Right. You know what I mean? Like we can't, we gotta, we gotta figure out a way to move forward together without holding grudges. And at the same time with being respectful and understanding what's been going on and what's been really wrong. That that's, I'm struggling to really find the words that I want to say. So I hope that kind of made a little bit of sense, but we have to do it together. It just can't be one part of the population or the other you need to speak out it's kind of like a bullying thing you can't just let it happen in front of you and say well it's not affecting me so i don't have to say nothing you have to go ahead and look out for others all the time and just speak up when you should well put it like this if you are a person who's against cancer you're not just against breast cancer you against all of them. But maybe at the moment, breast cancer is the one you need to talk about. And, you know, there's a lot of people in this country that, well, I mean, let's just keep call spade a spade, man. The reason that uh, Trump was elected, he spoke to a certain base, and this base felt disenfranchised. They felt unheard. They felt unlistened to. And they felt lied to because they had finally woken up to the realization that the American dream was a bunch of bullshit. But the problem is they got their rifles pointed at the wrong people. Let's let's get to some sports because that's a very profound statement I want y'all to think about. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Sports, 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 sports. Right. Even if you're, you know, even if you're uh Not a sports fan, huh? 
You're going to have to listen to some <laughs> sports. All right. UFC last night, Ray and myself both caught the main event. Tyron Woodley, former welterweight champion, had just lost the belt about 15 months ago to Usman, who's the current champion, taking on an up-and-coming Gilbert Burns. Now, Gilbert Burns is a second-degree uh, black belt in jiu-jitsu. Ray, he took it to him. I was not expecting this. I thought Woodley would pull out a win. I Whoa. mean, Burns dominated the fight. Absolutely dominated, unanimous decision. Woodley got his ass beat? I mean, it was early rounds. early in the first round he got knocked down and he was on the bottom for almost the entire first round and it didn't get much better after that. He had a massive cut over his left eye from jump. Um, wow. I, I I picked Burns to win the fight for this one reason. Well, this has time off. Um, and it's really hard to jump back in the octagon against top level fighters and and just jump right back into it seamlessly. Now Woodley probably needed probably needs a, a chance to kind of reassess and readjust because there's a big difference between fighting for that belt consistently for as long as he did, losing the belt and then kind of starting over again. And Burns is just on he's on his way up. And so much so that uh, it's a, probably a chance Burns might get Usman next, don't you think? I would definitely say he's got a chance at Kamaru Usman. Uh, I don't see who else looks that good in front of him. Maybe. It's funny because it, there's no one set to fight him, and I would hate to see them waste the time between waiting for someone else to fight to fight him. Woodley looks old at 38. That's the kind of the last thing I'll say there. I mean, Wood, I... Wood. Woodley reminded me, what he looked like last night reminded me of the last few real good fights that Sugar Evans had. And you can see, just he ain't the same dude no more. It's funny that you mentioned that. I was going to equate it to another Sugar, but in the boxing world, he looked, he looked great, but he just didn't have the pop that he used to have, and that's Shane Mosley at the end of his boxing career. Fucking phenomenal boxer. Looked great the entire time, even when he would come in and give good fights to better fighters than him at the end of his career. But you could see that that real quick reaction time has just left him enough. It's minor. It's, it's really, it's really minute, but it's enough. But you're a baseball guy. So it's a difference between being a three thirty hitter and a two sixty hitter. It's just that fraction of a second. Hardest thing in the world to do is hit a baseball. I'm, I was always a huge Woodley fan, and obviously it seems like his best days are behind him. I always thought UFC actually left some money on the table with him. I thought he should have been a bigger star than he was. And, you know, I've always heard rumblings and rumors that he had a somewhat tumultuous relationship with Dana White and the UFC brass. And maybe that's the reason that he never he never ascended to where I thought he could have gone. It's, it's, it's numbers. The greatest fighter... and. Y'all might think I'm crazy, but honestly, if we're being statistical, other than John Jones, the best fighter that they've had in the past 10 years has been Demetrius Johnson. They basically told him, you can go ahead and go with the belt because he wasn't drawing. Tyron Woodley wasn't drawing. And he's in that welterweights historically draw. So, like, he wasn't drawing as a champion. So whether that's his fault, whether that's the company's fault, I don't know. But it's just one of those things. But, I mean, if you put the machine behind anybody, anybody can become a star. I mean, Demi Lovato is a household name, for Christ's sake. Yeah. And I've, 
<laughs> I don't know anything about her. I've never heard any of her songs. I don't know if she acts. I've never seen her movies or shows, but I know Demi Lovato. So I mean, you can if 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 the machine gets behind anybody, they can push anybody and make them a star. And I, I thought Tyrone, he was a good fighter. He had exciting fights, and he did have some charisma as well. Talk about going from Kalamazoo to Cartmanu, bro. You went all over the world. <laughs> Have we met? Uh, my name is Christopher Platt. Pleasure to meet you. <laughs> Here, a couple people on the top of my MMA fighters of all time. Obviously, John Jones is up there, one of the most talented ever. What about Anderson Silva? What about George St. Pierre? Demetrius Johnson, for sure. But those guys are all right at the top for me. Yeah, I go Interesting. Well, my favorite fighter of all time is Mirko Krokop. He's what got me into the sport. But funny you mentioned Anderson Silva. Fedor. Fedor is a man. But you mentioned Anderson Silva. Don't you got some silver news for us? Yeah, let's swing it on over to that side. We could possibly be seeing, and I I would pay to watch this one. I would pay to see what would happen because Conor McGregor versus Anderson Silva is being floated out there, catch weight, looking at maybe 175 or something like that. Obviously... I think it would behoove Connor to still come in around 165 and just be the faster, quicker guy and make Anderson cut that bar down, especially getting older. It can't be that easy for him to cut down. He was a middleweight at 185 most of his career, fought up at light heavyweight as well at 205, didn't he? Had a few fights. The best thing, but the beauty of it is, and it's the, it's the same reason why he enjoyed 155 so much he stayed at it. It's because he walks around at about 155, 165. So literally all you got to do is you don't have to cut weight. Because cutting weight is, you speak of hitting the baseball as hardest thing you can do. I completely agree in sports. But one of the hardest things to do in, in, in the fighting world, the cutting weight is the hardest thing. It's harder than the actual fight. You know, so, the interesting thing about McGregor is, well, number one, he's a hell of an athlete. And people don't realize that. I didn't realize that until I saw him in that match with Mayweather. And I, I peeped his footwork when he was in a boxing ring. He's a damn good athlete. You just don't think of white guys in terms of being athletic, which that's that's a whole other topic. But you don't think about it like that. But he is. And if he, he still got that pop. He still got that knockout pop. So the problem with him has always been his cardio. He's going to get tired. If it goes past three or four rounds, he's going to get tired. And then that's where you could get him. So I think if Silver could avoid his pop, he's got a good shot. But at the other, on the same point in time, though, Silva is punch drunk. You know, I remember, I don't even remember the last time I saw him fight, but his last couple of fights, man, he just, you he need a check. He's lost six of his last eight fights. So this would be, this yeah. would be his final paycheck. Yeah. It's, so this is interesting. Go ahead. I'm sorry, real quick. It's interesting you mentioned about uh, Connor and his cardio. The reason his cardio is so bad is because he has no jujitsu. He has no ground game. So he has to stay stand up and throw hands. But he mm-hmm. throws so many hands. He's, you know, the classic boxer versus fighter. Yes. He's a fighter. So he's going to overwhelm you with strikes. And that ultimately doesn't last for 25 minutes. You know what I mean? So yeah. it might behoove him. I know he wants Habib again. He don't want that in Oh, you, you don't, don't want, want that bro. No. <laughs> and he don't want, he don't want Jorge Masvidal. Because no, that's the dude no. that's way better than him. It might behoove him to take fights like Silver or some or a Tony Ferguson fight when Ferguson gets cleared again. And just get some paydays, man. Because I, I really think his time as the, the top of the division is done, bro. I think it's over. Well, I can't see him beating Usman, that's for sure. 
No, I could see him nope. beating Silva just because that. It, it's kind of like when Larry Holmes fought Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali clearly wasn't Muhammad Ali anymore, but the record book still shows that Larry Holmes has a win over Muhammad Ali. So, I, you know, with Connor and Silva, I'm saying Connor would beat Silva and he would have that, you know, that strike in his belt. Uh, another idea that I've heard floated out there, and I don't know if you guys have heard about this, is a possible, uh, speaking of guys that could use a check, a possible uh, Manny Pacquiao, Conor McGregor boxing match. Have you guys heard any any rumblings uh, about this? I would not want to. I, honestly, I I wouldn't. I haven't heard about it. I wouldn't want to see it. I already seen McGregor and uh, Mayweather, and that was fun. I don't want to see McGregor go in against a broken down older Pacquiao. I mean, Pacquiao's a lot older than Mayweather with a lot more miles on him. I don't want to see that really. I'd rather see it's Mayweather. A, I'd rather see. I, I'd rather see I, McGregor fight in the octagon. Is it though? I, I thought. Um, I thought Mike, Manny was about our age. PC Pacquiao. Oh, Manny's like forty-five. Yeah. Is he? Oh yeah, with okay. way more fights okay. than uh, spell Pacquiao. Well, yeah, way more fights. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think I just did. Let's see. I'll tell you for real if I did spell it right. Let's see if it Google corrects me. Oh, I missed one letter. I missed one letter. I spelled it P A C Q U I O. It's P A C Q U I A O. Damn it! This is such great podcasting. <laughs> it's forty. You know, you know, Platt. Last episode, you mentioned how you still think boxing gets bigger than MMA. Yes. Can, can I give you a point, a counterpoint to try to make our point that MMA is bigger? Please do. The third biggest, the third biggest welterweight in the world is MMA fighter. Go on. The you got Floyd, who's retired. You got Pacquiao, mm-hmm. who's basically Sugar Ray Robinson at this stage of the game. Like needs to okay. stop. Yeah. And then after that, it's probably Conor, and he's had one fight. No, there's other guys. We just don't talk about them. Okay. But, no, he's, but, talk, but he's talking point. about draws, though. He's talking about yeah. draws, right? We're not talking about yeah. skill sets. We're talking about God, draws. No. Yeah. God, no. The yeah. Charlo yeah. brothers yeah. are great, and I, think, I don't think they want to wait yet, but they can get up there. There's a lot of talent, but in terms of a draw, nobody's paying to watch any – Adrian Broner's done. Okay, nobody's so, paying to watch anybody else. Refresh my memory, man, because I, I, you know, I drink a lot. What was the last uh, UF, big UFC pay-per-view? 249. Well, the last – Gaethje well, that's Ferguson. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and who was in the main event? Gaethje and Ferguson. Yeah. Okay. Now, what did more numbers? That show or Fury and Wilder? It was close. That show did, I think, 700. Sonny, can you, can, you, can you fact check this for us, or is that no. too much to ask? Way too much. <laughs> <laughs> he dropped the phone. Gangsta stuff, I feel that. Now, Nah, he's getting comfortable with you now. Cause when you first, when we first started doing this show, Ray, he was trying to, you know, show off for you. It was he last was like, wow, week. No, <laughs> I had personal vested interests. I was looking up at the Walter rate rankings, and yeah, there is really not many people up there. I mean, Crawford, that's about it. Yeah, what's uh, what's Canelo? Is he? Is, he's not a welterweight. No, he's middleweight, one sixty. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. Fury Wilder two did eight hundred thousand buys. UFC 249. I bought that one. Did 7,000. Okay, so it was closer than I anticipated. That's but that's the biggest buy in boxing for the last probably five years for sure. Since Floyd. Oh, yeah, since Floyd. oh God. Uh, yeah, Pacquiao or Floyd and him, that was what, three years ago? 
Oh, McGregor, you're going to... But that doesn't count. McGregor, yeah. Pat, McGregor Mayweather doesn't count because that's not boxing. That's some UFC guy going against a boxing guy. That fight does it, not count. It, it, was a, it was a boxing match, sir. It was you, a boxing you, match. Right. The only with reason you not agreeing, the only reason you're not agreeing with me is because if you agreed with me, you'd be wrong. Otherwise, you would totally agree with me. That's the only reason you're not agreeing with me. Not because of logic, not because of sense, just because if you agreed with me, you'd be wrong. The only reason I'm not agreeing with you is because it was literally a boxing match. Between Sanctioned a UFC the, star whatever. and a boxing star. Not, it, it not two boxers. It wasn't two boxers. It wasn't two boxers. It doesn't matter if it was half sanctioned fight. It wasn't two boxers. Okay, so when when, uh, when um, James Tony was fighting in the UFC, was that that not a UFC match just because there was a boxer in it? No one cares because well, no one yeah. watched that. Well, hold on, <laughs> it, it was in the UFC, but it wasn't a May fight because it was it was an exhibition, just like when Punk fought. It was an exhibition because they knew they're not MMA fighters. They're gonna get out of here. Dana literally said, James Tony, you got one fight. That's all you got. And I'm only giving it to you because you're a boxing world champion. Listen, but you don't deserve to fight in Oxagon. This is a perfect segue here. Speaking about money and everything else and fighting here and there. What about John Jones wants a lot more money? He wants boxing money. He wants Deontay Wilder money from the Tyson Fury fight to get in the, the Octagon and fight Francis Ngannou. Now, tell me that isn't a fight on the top of your list to see, though. John Jones versus Ngannou. Well, John Jones got to prove he could pass a piss test first and foremost. And I then don't we'll care. Get Do all the steroids fight. you want to survive in Ngannou's right hand. And I don't like hand. the very black guys, and I love John Bones Jones, but goddamn, bro, get your shit together. You have the talent to arguably be, be the greatest UFC competitor in history. You're they that are, talented. He's already considered but the God greatest. Damn. He, yeah, PC said it best. He already is. He could, he could, he could go play tennis uh, for the rest of his life and still be considered the greatest UFC uh, fighter of all time. But goddamn, y'all, y'all can see. But just get your shit together, John. I mean, you know, you clearly have some some demons and some issues that you're battling. But I, I don't know if you need Jesus or Buddha or he got, he got all that. He's a religious man. He's a very religious man, actually. Maybe too religious. Yeah, Maybe right. you just pick one. Is very religious. If you just need to pick one to play football, is he wearing? I, I, think him? I saw a piece on them a few years do, ago. Do you think he's wearing himself out with too many religions? He's got like three or four. Maybe he should just cut it down to one. Can I tell you what I think it is? I think he believes that joke. Emotion. I don't know. Yeah, he's living the gimmick. He he's living yeah. the gimmick, and like you like you said last week, most MMA fighters, even Connor, will listen to his trainer. Bones don't listen to Greg Jackson no more. Well, it's kind of hard because you know ass whippings are humbling. We can all attest to that because I'm sure everybody on this point. podcast that got That's his ass point. beat, and it was rat bad humbling. Be you know since and. John ain't had an ass whooping. Like, so, you know. <laughs> well, wait till he fights Ngannou. That might be the one. So what if they don't work it out? What if Dana White and John Jones decide to be have a pissing match and piss away the end of John Jones' uh, prime? Because he's probably got three years left until he's not going to be John Jones of old, right? I mean, I'd give him, at most, I'd give him five fights in the next three years for him to still like John Jones if he can keep training. If John Jones can't fight, Ngannou's got to fight somebody because this guy is on the brink of just blowing people up in the ring. Ridiculous power. I mean, it's more than Mike Tyson asked, in my opinion. Two guys that come to mind for me. One, Alistair Overeem just had a big victory. Okay. Maybe not, maybe not so sexy. Uh, the other one, 
would be what about Greg Hardy versus Francis Ngannou? That would be a good fight, but the, the, but the but the fight that Ngannou deserves is Stipe. That's the fight he deserves. See, I mean, maybe I, are I, they I trying go, to make money first before they do that? Yeah, I agree. You're right. I go Derek Lewis just because uh, you know technically he's not the best fighter, but he's he brings the sizzle. He can talk his ass off. He's charismatic, and he can sell some tickets and sell some pay per views. And, and he's a fighter, high. so it's and his balls get hot. And he's a fighter, so they go out there and beat the shit out of each other. So it would be a entertaining fight. I don't think it would last very long, but it would be entertaining while it lasted. Houston, Texas, stand up. <laughs> Just stay away from the uh, lifetime supply of Popeyes that they gave you. No, that's okay. Get the Popeyes anyway. on Tuesdays. <laughs> Two pieces for a dollar. Anyway, What's that? the uh, the uh, the thigh and the leg and the biscuit. Hallelujah. Yeah, man, I remember that fondly. <laughs> Any chance DC steps up and wants to get in the octagon with Ngannou? Or do you think that's too oh, big God, of a heavyweight no. for him? Jesus, no. I DC's interested in light heavyweight? I think DC has said his last fight, if he fights again, is going to be Stipe just because he owes him a rematch. Okay. Other than that, that's it. But DC is... DC is have you listened to him these past? Oh, I love him and Bi- I love him and Bisping both on uh, UFC commentary. Joe Rogan might have to just stick with Spotify, bro. Like DC <laughs> is good. <laughs> he is. He's very articulate, and you know, it, it's always great to have that athlete's perspective, like a Mellon Farmer that's actually been in there. It's always great to have that perspective, and when they're able to articulate their points, it kind of gets you inside the ring. He's really good. Uh, I, I put Tony Romo in that vein as well. Like, why can't we get Tony on Monday Night Football? I know he's with CBS, but that's who need to be on Monday Night Football. They can't seem to figure it out. Yeah. If you Money. Okay, fair enough. If you folks are looking for more UFC information or podcasts, check out Ariel Hawani. He does a great job with DC and some of the other guys promoting UFC. Uh, Ariel Hawani is just fucking phenomenal as far as I'm concerned. Does a lot of work for ESPN on the UFC side. So... Any other UFC thoughts before we slide on on over to the hardwood, gentlemen? Shout Pause. out to UFC. <laughs> Shout out to <laughs> UFC 250 coming up. Uh, Amanda Nunes versus Spencer. Right? Amanda Nunes and Felicia Spencer. Felicia Spencer's a good fighter. No diss. But Amanda Nunes is what Bones is to the female division. She's the greatest women's MMA fighter of all time, and mm-hmm. I don't see her losing anytime soon. No. So that card looks good, but like if that if it goes three rounds, I'd be shocked. I, I got a couple more ideas for Fight Island. So the competitors <laughs> that are going to complete go to Fight Island. Go ahead. Give what this a good three minutes. It? Go ahead. You got a good three minutes for that one. Go for it. Yeah, this should be good. I can't wait to listen what to if, this back when I'm editing. What if we turn it into a reality show where all the fighters <laughs> swim not swim over, but they cruise over on ships. They live on the island prior to the fight. They have no supplies. They have to build their own huts. I mean, they got to fish and hunt and kill their own food. And train and fight. <laughs> and train and fight. So you want to mix UFC. Um, what's the UFC show? They have? The, the, the Ultimate Fighter. Fighter. Survivor. <laughs> And the real world world rules challenge all in the same breath. Yes, 
as I said last week, bro, like the, the entire concept of Fight Island is completely and utterly ridiculous. So if we're going to go ahead and sanction this ridiculousness, shout out to MTV, we might as well go full tilt, man. Let's get as ridiculous as we possibly can for the sake of entertainment. Why not? How perfect would it be? Just all things considered. If the if John Jones does fight again for the UFC and his, his next fight is on Fight Island, how perfect would that be? Because international waters, you can do what you want, dog. <laughs> you can do what you I want like it. I like water. it. I like it. You thought he was you thought he was cocked up against DC. Oh my god. Wait till Ngano sees boy, you seen you seen the Tyrone Bigham skit? Yeah, Where of course. He, he, he lifted the bus up for the pity. <laughs> Imagine John Jones with Tyrone Bigham strength. You got a point. So theoretically, man, if they take the ship over to Fight Island, man, as long as you don't fly to the, you know, to the port, which I'm thinking it would come from Florida, whatever, you could sneak your stash on the boat. Yeah, this could happen. <laughs> sneak your stash. You could just or he just brings the dealer with him. Like maybe, what, yo, 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 I got it, 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 I got it. What if John Jones' dealer, hypothetically speaking, is Slim Bowler? See what happens. I want to wait for two minutes. Jeezy crazy. Easy breezy. All right. Yeah. Just, UFC okay, 250. Amanda Nunes, Felicia Spencer. Oh, man. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Folks, real quick, let me tell you about our new partnership with Angry Lemonade. You can save 10% on physical products, digital commissions. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT. That's right. Head over to angrylemonade.net. I apologize. And check out their catalog of products and services. That's right. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Gotta love that John Tesh. Gotta love it. I mean, that's the best NBA music, I think. I know ESPN's kind of decent, but... ENT is okay, nah. but that's what we grew up on, dog. NBA, NBA well, on NBC, baby. Well, the NBA one, or the, excuse me, the ESPN one is just a ripoff of the John Tesh one. That's like when uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were in TNA, and they had that bullshit ripoff of uh, NWO theme. PC don't like TNA, man, so he don't get the reference. Just laugh now. I got it. I was working over here. I was working. All right, there you go. I'll stop teasing. Hey, man, shout out to uh, John Tesh's brother, Ron, for the ESPN NBA theme. Ron Tesh did that one? (laughs) Ray got it.
That's why he it. Shout out to my local bookie, Slim Boulder's cousin, Jim Boulder. <laughs> that's the one that's going to fight Island with John Jones. That's Jimmy yeah. Boulder. <laughs> oh, oh. Save us, Tony. Save us, brother. All right. The NBA has uh, announced that they will be trying to resume play at the end of July. And there's four possible formats that have been tossed about, talked about, and let's uh, throw them out there ourselves. So, obviously, the first possible option would be to say regular season's done, where you end it is where you end, and we're going to start the playoffs from here as normal. See the West Conference, see the Eastern Conference. If you didn't make it, sorry, too bad, so sad, COVID happened, right? I I personally would like to see that as a Bucks fan, and I'm sure a lot of teams in the East would like to see that because a lot of these other things – you could possibly end up with a mixture of Eastern Conference and Western Conference teams together. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on just going ahead without getting ahead of ourselves with killing the regular season and getting right into the playoff format? I think this might be the least likely option because if they just go head straight into the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of stars on the outside looking in and the NBA is a star driven league. Like you got your Zions, you got your baby dames, I think um, I don't even think uh, Kyrie and those guys would be in the playoffs if they started today. Uh, Talking about New six. Jersey. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So fair enough. But yeah, there's a lot of stars that would be on the outside looking in. So I don't think that's going to happen. Plus, if I'm a player, I'm pissed because okay, y'all just going to start the league without me, so I'm not going to get paid anymore. I'm not going to get a chance to play a game and get a check. So I think that's the least likely option of all the options. To to piggyback what he said, something was brought to my attention uh, sometime this past week that made me. Agree with Platt. Whereas I, before I was, I thought that might be the best option. The NBA TV deal money doesn't come through if they don't do at least seventy regular season games. We're at sixty four, sixty five, so they're gonna do some games probably. We're getting there. All right, so we'll move on from this briefly, and we'll say the other thing to do is twenty teams. They're going to take 20 teams, and I'm thinking it's going to be the best 20 teams because once you get outside of the top eight in the Eastern Conference, it drops off a lot more than a few teams that are still uh, vying. Although, let me tell you, it is a three-and-a-half game difference between the eight and nine seed in the Western Conference as well. So, And there are only 17 games left in the regular season. So let's just all get that out there right now. The other format is we're going to take the top 20 teams and we're going to put them into four groups of five. We're going to do it World Cup style. So you're going to get eight more games. You're going to play each of those teams twice. And then the top two teams from each of those groups, four groups, those eight teams are going to make up the quarterfinals of the NBA playoffs. I like this idea the best. It's fun because the World Cup is fun. You know, but my qualms with this, and again, I think this is the probably the best option. Say you get like a, like in, you know, you are from you guys have watched World Cup before, right? Oh, yeah. So you're from... Okay, so you both are familiar with the concept of the death bracket. So say you get a draw where it's, you know, Milwaukee, uh, the Clippers, the Rockets, and, and the Magic. Like, you just, know what I mean? Nothing, just one trash team that everybody yeah, yeah, and, you know, it sucks that, you know, one of those teams is going to be eliminated where a team that had a legitimate shot at maybe, you know, competing for a championship. But I guess that would also be the fun in it as well. Nobody's going to be happy. Nobody's going to be happy in any of these scenarios. Not all the way happy, at least. Um, I think it was relevant that Dan Lillard came out and said that if he can't play for the playoffs, he's not going to play. 
So you do have the issue of stars possibly having to miss. So this might be who everybody to give people a chance, but then there's going to be complaints about what you said. If it's a random thing, there's going to be a death bracket and somebody's going to get screwed out of an opportunity. I think the league, the best scenario for the league is not to have the Lakers or Clippers play the Bucks or Celtics before the finals. If we get Clippers versus Bucks, say, in a semifinal or something, then it's not going to feel fair or something like that, right? And that's what I think is the cause for concern, possibly, if we don't stick with the traditional format. But this one makes more sense than the other one, to me. At least feasible. Yeah. And, I mean, with all due respects to our esteemed co-host and uh, Commissioner PC Tunney, I would be here for an NBA Finals Lakers versus Clippers. I would love to see seven games of that. That'd be dope. That'd yeah, you can ahead. see that. You can see that in the Western Conference Finals, right before one of them gets their <laughs> ass kicked in the Finals by the Bucks. Okay, we didn't start. Here's my biggest thing. I'll say that. I'll start it with it right now. We didn't start this season like that with that happening. So there's no way you should be appropriating that in there because you've played 65 games already. Yeah, you've played more than three quarters of the fucking season. There is no reason to mess with the playoff format just because. Oh, this year we can, right? And is my is my opinion on this biased one hundred percent? Yes. Would my opinion be different if it wasn't had to do with my team being where they are? No, it would not be. And if it was, I would tell you so. Okay. You can't come into a season and say you're gonna do one thing, and just because you have to cut it short, you can't just change everything at the drop of a hat. Now, here's the most likely scenario. And Ray brought it up already, where the TV deals really kick in after 70 games. Because there's less than 10 games for all these teams that need to be played to hit the TV deal money, right? Which significantly increases the amount of money that they're going to make continuing forward. So 22 teams come on, and it's going to be weighted more towards the Western Conference with teams that were higher up, right? And in this scenario, I believe you have uh, you have games against each other that matter for you almost have group play or a play in tournament on the bottom part of the seeding and the top three, four seeds, they have a pool play to figure out seeding, but they're automatically one of the top four seeds. Does that make sense to you guys? Whereas those would count as regular season games, the pool play and the play in tournament. It doesn't make sense. Yes. And no, like strategically, if you lay it out to me, I get, I get it, but I think we're running into the problem you just hinted at, Tony, and that's we're getting a little too gimmicky. We didn't start the season a certain way and played damn near three quarters of a season to just go ahead and like turn into FIFA all of a sudden. It's just getting a little. It's getting a little too gimmicky. It, plain and simple. If it takes you longer than five seconds to explain the playoffs, you shouldn't have the playoffs. <laughs> That, that's fair. That's fair. But I like the idea of experimenting with some different ideas. And this opportunity has presented that opportunity to try some different things. I mean, because here's my problem. A bucket of- here's my problem. I'm sorry. I got to interrupt you. There's no reason the Bucks or Lakers shouldn't be the number one seeds on each side of the bracket, regardless of whatever play in bullshit they do. Right. Great. There's no reason. They're both six and a half and five and a half games up with 17 to go. That just doesn't happen ever. It doesn't matter what format they have, Tony. You're not going to win the finals this year, okay? We'll the Milwaukee <laughs> Bucks are not going to win the NBA championship. 
I hate to break it to you, but I felt like it should come from somebody that loves you. They're not winning. You got to relax, sir. I don't feel like you love me right now. <laughs> tough love. It's called tough love. But so, no, why not? Not, why not pick and poke and, and experiment with some things, man? Because nobody cares about the regular season anyway. So, you know, maybe some of these things that they're implementing or thinking about implementing. Yo, what about the World Cup idea right smack dab in the middle of the season or to start the season or something like that? And then you could you could get a bunch of sponsors together so the players get a little extra bump in their paycheck so they'll be motivated to win. I mean, these are there's some things we have to do because 82 monotonous games when, you know, there's only maybe – on, in a good year, five to six teams that have a legitimate shot to win it all. Eh. And now players are sitting out in this low management and all that shit. So, you know. Let me let me let me give you one major reason why I think messing with the oh I hate this word, but the integrity, integrity of the playoffs. You sound like a you sound like a baseball writer now, sir, but go I'm ahead. Saying, right? ML- like, <laughs> this is this is this is Ray Gammon speaking to you right now. Uh, um, the historical context. Buster Cash. I like Buster, Buster Cash. Ca- I like that. Buster, Buster Cash. Cash. That's, that's, that's that might be my that, that might actually be my my burner. How about how about Buster Cash Gammons? You doing too much now, Teddy? But go ahead, Ray. <laughs> how about Bob Buster Cash Gammons Costas? How about Bob Bob Buster Cash Gammons Costas Euchre? I announced too? All right. Um, but the historical context will be screwed because, and, and this is more so for analysts and media and people who care about that historical nature of stuff more so than fans. But you can go back into, you can go back from the very first. NBA Finals, I think that Atlanta won or whatever it was, to now. And you can go and you can see every playoffs had the same format. What More teams were added, and you might have changed the number of games that were in a round, but the format never changed. So I don't know definitively, and this is truly how I feel, if we do anything gimmicky, that you can say that that team was the best team, but I can't call them the champion. Because you didn't do it the way every other champion has done it. And see, that's one of the problems, especially with the uh, Jordan-LeBron debate. The Jordan stands and the LeBron haters, if the Lakers do pull out this gimmicky-ass tournament or however they decide the champion, that's that. yeah, that's going to be their argument. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. So you, or, you bring up a good point. So, so you, if, if the Bucks win... You think people really? I, I know Milwaukee gonna celebrate, but you think that pe- people outside of Milwaukee gonna say, "Hey, man, y'all were the champs this year." We won't even acknowledge Toronto won, and they won it for real, for real. We won't even acknowledge that. We don't. I, 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 I mean, like, yeah, in the books, but like, why <laughs> left and then we left too? Y'all, y'all super, <laughs> you all super salty down in Clutch City, man. Well, my Rockets fans, sir. <laughs> I'm a Suns fan. You so still, re- you still, you still there? Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Salt, burned, burned, yeah. and salty. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Let's go. So we got a couple more options to talk about, but so it sounds like you're leaning towards the first option: just wrap up the season, head straight into the playoffs, and just do it like that. Is that correct? Is that, am I correct in my assertion or assumption? Raymond, get Mr. Gammons. That's, that probably. That's probably so. I'm so. <laughs> I've irreparably been changed today. 
either you do the, I think either you just drop it and start with 16 or you finish the season. All right, fair enough. What what else we got on the docket, Mr. Tunney? What, what what are some other options that are being floated out there? I mean, the last one is you bring all 30 teams in, you get to at least 72 regular season games, and then you start the playoffs. Who knows? That's really going to push next season back. The other thing that we haven't talked about is, you know, the less teams you bring in, the less risk of the virus and everything else and whatever. I mean, I don't know. You, I, no, you literally took the words right out of my mouth. I was literally getting ready to say that. You bring all these teams back. That's not only 15 players, that's a full coaching staff, that's training staff, that's, you know, whomever, you know, media, marketing. That's a lot of melon farmers, man, to bring back. And Bruh, there are, yeah. Yes, have sir. these dudes playing in the Rip Hamilton face mask <laughs> and, the, and the LeBron James, I run on my treadmill, but I breathe <laughs> like Bane mask and keep it moving, dog. <laughs> I feel like I could be better than Jordan. <laughs> Motion <laughs> offense. Motion. Box one. <laughs> you, you, I have five fouls. You think this gives you power over me? <laughs> Bob. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, gentlemen. Tony, you've never... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no. no, man, go ahead. I've never won. No, you you actually did. You laid out your plan pretty succinctly about five minutes ago. So what I was about to say was not true. So please continue. All right. Let me let me uh, realization plug, live on air, guys. Let me let me plug something real quick uh, from an acquaintance of mine who messaged me and and asked if I could plug this on the show, but. Former Milwaukee Buck Vin Baker is having his third annual Addiction Ends Here 5K. That's going to be virtual race. It's going to happen between July 1st and July 15th. So head over to VinBaker.com. That's www.VinBaker.com to check it out. All sorts of lengths, all sorts of donations, raising a lot of money for a good cause. Bouncing back with Vin Baker, the, the Addiction Ends Here 5K. That's www.VinBaker.com. All right, gentlemen, before we get back here, I know Platt always likes to hear his voice. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Shout out to Vin Baker, and that's a really great cause. But I'm wondering, how do you do a, a virtual marathon? Like, does everybody have to have a Peloton or a, a treadmill or something like that, and we all link up on Zoom and just be running? It's a question that I had until I went to <laughs> www.VinBaker.com, and I found out for myself exactly how they were going to do this virtual 5K for a great cause. Ooh. You tease, you tease. <laughs> you, you tease. I ain't even wearing the bow and the leather. Anyway, um, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. We talked about the teams that we expect to be at the end of this, no matter what. Group play, uh, conference uh, throwing out the window, uh, just seeding it up. Who's your top five favorites to win the NBA championship this year when we come back? And I want to go five to one, and we'll just kind of kick it around the horn here. And I'll start it and throw it to Ray and Platt, and we'll work back and forth until we get to our number ones and just kind of give a little bit of back and forth because I think it's going to be really interesting what teams are going to hold up, what teams are going to still have cohesion, who could have lost some Uncle Mo, and and, and that and so forth. So my number five team, uh, if I had to bet, 
That's kind of how I made my list. Who would I bet on if I was betting in order and putting money on them, right? The Boston Celtics. I mean, Jalen Brown, uh, Kemba Walker, uh, Jason Tatum is the key to that team, right? They have a lot of other really good players. Marcus Smart. They got some good big guys. They have a really good coach, but it's 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 whether or not Tatum is going to take that next step from top 15 in the league to NBA superstar. I concur. I have the Celtics fifth. I really wanted to be contrarian to put some bullshit like the Nets or the 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 Jazz or the Nuggets or something. But realistically, um, Boston Celtics are deep. The Boston Celtics are battle tested. Boston Celtics have, quite frankly, who might be the best X's and O's coach in the game. And more importantly, Jason Tatum. They're talking about giving kid the max. So like, well, they have to. They, well, they have to do the max. They have to give him the max. But this is his time to prove he's a max player. The best thing that helps him is he's got to be great for forty for forty five minutes, because Cardiac Kimba is a monster in the clutch. So, like, if you could just prove you're good in forty five in the first forty five and give me some in them three, kids, you you got a lifetime in Boston, bro. It's unanimous. I too actually have the Celtics fifth. And yeah, Tatum is a is a beast. Now I, I do have some contention with your your Kimba thing, and I love Kimba as a player. But what scared me off of Kimba a little bit was this past All Star game because he played big okay. minutes in that first, fourth quarter, and he completely and utterly shit the bed. So that that kind of gave me pause because on Kimba. I give you that, but that was the ten best players in the league, and Kimba clearly ain't one of the ten best players in the league. Yeah, but when it gets down to the get down and it's nut crutching time, he folded. I'll put it to you. Here's a I sleeper. Mean, Here's a sleeper for the Celtics, though. The more time we get, the healthier Gordon Hayward gets. And you could see towards yeah. the end of the season he was playing better. That's a knockdown shooter. When you have Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown uh, and, 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 and you got Tatum in the inside drawing coverage, I mean, Hayward's wide open. And the healthier he gets, the more deadly. That guy is a fucking former 25-point-per-game uh, scorer. You took it out of my mouth. We act like dude is Kyle Corver when he's more like Bradley Bilk. Gordon Hayward is a beast. He just literally shattered his leg. So, like, he's a monster. There's a reason he signed a hundred-plus million-dollar contract. Much in the way Paul Paul George is back now. Yeah, exactly. And the difference is, Paul George is athletic. Look at him now. Paul George shoot a bunch of threes. Gordon Hayward did that since he was in Butler. He just got to get his legs back underneath him. Yeah, he's going to be a problem on defense, though, because a smart coach is going to target him on defense because after that horrific leg injury, he can't have any lateral quickness. So they're just going to, whoever he's guarding, they're going to feast on him. They're going to try to hide him on somebody that's not going to be a threat, you know what I mean, because they do that a lot in the league. But The Steph yeah. Curry play. Yeah, yeah. All right. Platt, who you got number four? You want me to go Number next? four? Yeah, no, go, go, Platt. Yeah, go, Platt. I want to hear you. I got the Houston Rockets, man. Ray's hometown team. I'm, I'm gonna let me tell you. Let me. Wow. Let me tell you something about this, man. Yo, Mike D'Antoni gets a lot of flack, and I understand why because you know it was a dumpster fire in New York, and obviously it didn't work. It, it didn't work out well in L.A. But he doesn't get enough credit for a lot of his, a lot of his innovations that he brought to the game, man. And he's a damn good coach. And if Robert Ori had not checked. Uh, you ain't got to remind us. You ain't got to yeah. remind us. Trust me. It really is in my head yeah. every day. But thank you. for Thank you. Go ahead. 
because they would have beat that Cavs team, and you know that was my, that's my squad. But they would have beat that Cavs team, and and we look at D'Antoni in a totally different light because he would have had a ring. You know what I mean? Okay, it's not the prettiest team. Quite frankly, I I don't really enjoy watching James Harden play basketball, but he's still pretty good at it. And the fact that they've just said to hell with it, we don't need a center. Fuck it, we're just gonna trade us in a way. We just go go balls to the wall. And it, it's but the the genius of that strategy was that it freed up Russell Westbrook. In essence, Russell Westbrook is now their center because it allows him to just do what he does because he's not a shooter. He's not going to shoot thirty five percent from the three point line. He just ain't. But it allows him to go to the basket with that reckless abandon, and now he becomes, in essence, he's their post scorer, and it's freed them up. And I could see a scenario similar to the '99 New York Knickerbockers. Where in an abbreviated season and in abbreviated playoffs, the Rockets conceivably could catch fire for, you know, a month and walk away with the title. I don't think that's that far-fetched. Rudy Tomjanovich, Moses Malone, Ralph Sampson, Hakeem Olajuwon, Yao Ming, Dwight Howard, and now Russell Westbrook? That's what we're doing, dog? I said what I said, sir. <laughs> okay. Your point is valid in that they could catch heat. You're right. They could get hot. The problem is every team they're going to have to play is by nature intrinsically bigger. And they never was a defensive team to begin with. So they literally got to hope they can drop 130 every night. They're going to get out-rebounded. They're going to get defended. And if any team has a player that can get any bucket in the post, they're going to get bullied in the paint. So that best bet is to play the passing lanes and to hit threes and run, and run the floor. That's hard to do against this, this, Western, this West and the top six in the East. And we, ain't even, we haven't, haven't even thought about, man, you, they, if they do the top eight, whatever – what if they do do get in a death, a death group if we do the FIFA World Cup type stuff? Dog, no, I I can't see the Rockets. I got the Sixers. Um, I I think the break has helped them because the Sixers' issue has been two things: one, health. Their two best players just don't enjoy playing basketball healthily for some reason. <laughs> number one, <laughs> and number two cohesion between their two stars, Ben and Embiid. Embiid is a star. Embiid is so much of a star in the All-Star game you speak of on the East or on Team Giannis, they kept feeding him the ball every time in the post. In, in, in the clutch. Like, you create a bucket or you create a shot for somebody else. That lets you know that they know he's the guy. So, he he's going to dominate rest of the team's going to dominate. I don't think they have enough shooting for me to put them over the Bucks or over the other. We, we all know the top three. We all got the same. Of top course. Three. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, but yeah. I don't, they don't have enough shooting to put to put them over there, but they have enough cohesion and enough big game experience. Remember they'd be in the West in the Eastern finals last year. If, if Kawhi don't hit one of the greatest shots in history <laughs> and the Bucks would have been the champs. <laughs> I I love Philly, man. Full disclosure, they're probably my favorite team to watch. I probably watched more 76ers games over the past two years than any other squad. 
But they can't win on the road. And Brent Brown got to go. He's just and I understand why he's still there. They're trying to show some loyalty because he suffered through that whole process debacle or whatever the fuck. I get that. But I don't think he's the coach that's going to be able to take them over to the next level. And number two, I still don't know if their two best players can cohesively play together. I don't know that. And it's a conundrum because what do you do? Okay. Are you really going to trade Ben Simmons and then you're banking on eight to ten healthy years of Embiid? I don't think that's a safe bet. But again, we don't know if they can play together. And not only is Ben Simmons, it's not that he's a bad shooter. It's that he literally refuses to shoot outside of three feet. Gun to your head. You, you, it, a million dollars on the line. You, one guy shooting a three for your life. You're taking Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz. Craig Hodges. Oh, take a Shaq, Kevin Duckworth, Mark Eaton, Manute Bowl, and he's dead. I'll Manute, take it. No, Manute, Manute Bowl hit seven threes in a game. Manute Bowl hit seven threes in a game. Six or seven, yeah. one of the two. He did. Manute Bowl can shoot just like Bowl Bowl can shoot. Well, he, Manute Bowl like was shooting three. down at the hoop. The hoop was lower yeah. than the ball when he shot it. That, that that's the next evolution, man. We ain't even talked about that yet. You know, t- the NBA has colonized Africa now. They've got they've set up a league in Africa. NBA Africa. So in about twenty, yeah. So in about twenty thirty years, man. They're up there seeing too. A, a black, seeing a black American Kevin, NBA. You think player, Kevin Bacon went over there to coach? See, that's funny. But seeing a black American NBA player. <laughs> that was, that was a fun movie. Good. That was a fun movie. God damn it! Can I finish? No, I'm thinking about the air up there. It was a great movie. I liked it. Okay, well. <laughs> Mute your mic and you can talk all about it. But again, seeing a black NBA player in the next 20 or 30 years is going to be as rare as seeing a, a white American NBA player. You're going to have a bunch of 7-7 uh, seven, seven Steph Currys running around. It's going to be a bunch of African brothers and European dudes. <laughs> what? Mark my words. The, all right. the 30 the years. game has truly globalized. Mm-hmm. I'll put it to you this way on Philly before I tell you my number four. And I think it's really cool that we all have the same five. We're all going to have maybe in a different order of the same top three teams, but our, all of our number fours are different. Yeah, you hate Philly, so go ahead and shit on them. Like you I don't hate Philly. Always I don't. Talk. I had Joel Embiid in my fantasy basketball team this year, which when when fan, when basketball stopped and it doesn't look like my fantasy team's league's going to go back on, I was in first place, so that means I won, right? Well, Well, th- yeah, I think so. There are two teams that I'll accept over Philly in this four spot. All right, go and ahead. I, and I, I, you I, I say them before. Them I... Nuggets, okay, the Nuggets or the Raptors. Okay, well, let's see what my what mine is. Before I say that, no team that is 14 games under 500 on the road is going to win the NBA championship. You need to be able to go on the road and win games when better coaches make adjustments against you. That's why... Right. Philly is more, more more than talented enough. They're just not there yet. You can't be 10 and 24 through 34 road games on the year. That's ridiculous. You're 29 and 2 at home. You should be you should be within 3 games of the Bucks right now. You should not be the 6th seed 10 and 24 on the road. Okay. My number 4 is neither of those teams. Oh. And you said Denver and Toronto, correct? I would yes, put sir. I would take Utah over Denver or Toronto, in my opinion. Okay, I have the Miami Heat. Okay, I can, I, I can, I can respect that. They I have can, a coach. 
they have a coach that's been there before that knows how to yeah. deal with playoff adjustments. They have a very, very good roster. I just want to remind you of what their roster looks like right now. Jimmy Butler, bam, out of bio. This guy out of nowhere is like Ben Wallace rejuvenated and better skill set offensively, right? With the jump shoot, shot, yeah. Yeah, shooters like Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. You got busters in the, on the inside like Jay Crowder, Myers Leonard, and Kelly Olenek. So they can play each way. I didn't even mention Jimmy Butler yet and Goran Dragic, okay? This is a yeah, team right, full of right. talent that plays well together. If anybody can get hot, that's a good mixture between what you guys both had it for as far as Houston and Philly. That's a team with both shooting and size, but a little more balance, in my opinion. So let me that. well, let me ask you this then about Miami, because this is my issue with them. And I love Jimmy Butler, but he at this stage in his career, he can't consistently go out and give you four good quarters consistently game after game after game. Now, he's going to be the closer. Shout out to Akira Sedgwick. My, my, the real ones will uh, remember that one again. <laughs> yeah, the real ones know. If you know, you know. But he's the closer. But, okay, up to it, the fourth quarter, who's the guy that you're going to rely on that is going to keep the game close and in, 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 you know, in, in reach for Jimmy Butler to come out and do what he does in the fourth? Who's that guy consistently? That's Adebayo, Dragic, and Duncan Robinson. They're all averaging oh. more than 13 points a game. You got Tyler Tyler Hero healthy, and Jay Crowder is going to score on the inside. Well, to 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 your to that to that to that point, Tony. My question, more so than yours, Platt, is: These guys are really young and completely untested in, in mm-hmm. pressure situations. I don't even mention a guy who's newly healthy that hadn't played a lot at the end of the season for them, and that's dynamic in many ways, one through three on the court, is Justice Winslow. Yeah, but, I mean, Justice Winslow fell to the end of the bench. I mean, he don't get me wrong, he can contribute, but they got a bunch of – they got Butler in front of him. They got uh, Jay Crowder in front of him, who will fight you in a minute. They got Duncan Robinson, who's, who is a beast. Right, but a lot of the times the difference in playoff games is when the second lineup is on the court. And if Miami's that deep, they're going to be deeper than a lot of teams, and that's why I give them a chance to get farther than most. But it's the I'm, playoffs, man. They the, the rosters get incredibly thin in the playoffs. Most teams only go about eight deep, the deeper we get nine, in the yeah. playoffs. Yeah, maybe I, nine, yeah. On paper, I completely see your point and agree wholeheartedly with you. But they got to show it. They got, it. This is almost, this reminds me almost, and it's not a perfect comparison, but you remember that first real run OKC had? And like, okay, we, we know they're talented. We know they got all talent in the world, but like they're young as hell. Do they, can, can they really match what they did in the regular season in the playoffs? Like they have to show me in the playoffs for me to definitively say, okay, I see it. But they can. I, I just got to see it. But I, I feel you. I, li- I like that pick, actually. Mr. Buster Raymond Cash only Gammons. Well, hold on. We're in basketball you... now. We're in basketball now. So Ray, A. Smith, Low, um, uh, Walsh, <laughs> Worldwide Wob. Uh, Whatever you want to call yourself, did you really just fix your lips? With all due respect to this Miami Heat team, because they have been a surprise and they're actually very fun I want to you, watch as well. With I want all you due to, respect, I want wait. I want them to be Stephen A. Bill Ray Cash Walton Smith. I want you to be Stephen A. and Bill Walton all in one. Whatever you want to call this, Melon Farmer. Did you really just fix your face to say and to compare 
this Miami Heat team with the Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Serge Ibaka, Oklahoma City Thunder. Seriously? Well, really? sir, well that's asinine, asatin, eleven, twelve. And flat, that's just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um enter enter Grateful Dead reference here. Uh, what kind of asinine I, assumptions are you making over there? That's pretty good. That's actually really good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well played, um, sir. He's he's a national treasure, by the way. But go ahead. Oh, we love our we love ourselves from Tiny. Oh. I was talking about Bill Walton. Oh. <laughs> 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 and I am having a very bad day. This is one of the worst days I've had. Just always remember a plant doesn't put me over. <laughs> it's a terrible it's a terrible it's a terrible comparison I completely agree it's a terrible disgusting ridiculous comparison all I'm trying to compare is the lack of youthfulness that has progressed a lot quicker than we expected them to progress that's all I'm saying but the comparison on on, on like on, on his face is a horrible comparison I, I openly admit that they're just buying their time until Giannis goes there in a year or two no disrespect honey oh, he's playing in the garden dog I'm telling you Nobody right. wants to play well, in the card Speaking of the team speaking right, on the speaking on the segment known as shitting on the Bucks, let's get to our number threes because I'm sure both y'all about the shit all over the Milwaukee Bucks. I'll start. I got the Clippers at three. Clippers at Clippers three. Clippers at three. Ah, okay. I got the Clippers at three too. Go ahead, Platt. Really? Yeah, here goes Platt. Hey, I got Millie Walker at three. No, I look. Call a spade a spade. Milwaukee had one of the five greatest regular seasons we've ever had, and they didn't even finish the season. Well, really, they they're on a four on a five. They've lost three in a row and four out of five to finish the end yeah, of this jaunt. And Giannis, they, well, Giannis they, was out, and they kind of gave a few games away on the West. So I'm really interested to see what they're going to do coming back. I still think they're better than the Clippers. I, I obviously, I, I'm going to think they're better than everybody. I would put the Clippers behind them just because I my favorite five here to win it are assuming we're going to have a regular NBA playoff where the West is going to be on the West side and the East is going to be on the East side. And that's mainly why I have the Heat over another Eastern Conference team up there. But that's why I have the Clippers three. I don't think they're better than the Lakers. I can see the Clippers winning it all, though. They have a bunch of just dogs on that team, guys that just get down and fucking work hard. I mean, I mean that in the best possible basketball sense. Like, these guys, they just run you off the court when they're out there. You think of guys that, like, uh, Montrezl Harrell, uh, uh, Lou Williams on that team, uh, Pat Beverly, and then, obviously, Kawhi is just the toughest of them all, and you throw a healthy Paul George in there. I, I, it's all yours, Platt, but I, I think the Clippers are, on paper, definitively better than the Bucks. But you have to give credence to the season the Bucks had, the season John has had, and the fact that I'm like you, I'm going by traditional eight and traditional eight, and the Bucks have kind of coast to the Eastern Conference Finals. So that's fair. I'll, I'll get to my Bucks critiques because obviously both of y'all have the Bucks. Well, I know one of y'all has the Bucks number two. I, I don't know about the other one, but what we're, we're, in other words, we're going to talk more about Bucks here coming up. I'll get to the Clippers real quick. The you know the, the the funny thing about the Clippers is this team was 
it, it seems like it was constructed specifically to beat the Lakers. You know what I mean? And and every time that I've seen them play the Lakers in the regular season, LeBron looked old. They had a lot of guys that they could throw out there on LeBron, and they just appeared to be the better team. Plus, uh, my man Kawhi, he looked like old boy Captain Phillips. Like when he's out there playing, he's looking like old boy. Like look at me, look at me. I'm the captain now. That's how. That's the energy that Kawhi is bringing every time that he played the Lakers. Now, where they kind of screwed themselves, I believe, is when they traded Mo Harkless and and picked up the the Morris twin. I can't remember which one is it. I always get Marcus. Is it Marcus or Mar- Marcus? It was Marcus. Okay, that's gonna shoot them in the foot because you, you, you lose a. I, yeah, because I understand why they did it. You thinking that you're bringing on some toughness, and you know, Marquis or Marcus is a better scorer than Mo Harkless. But conversely, on the defensive end, you lose a lot of athleticism trading away Mo Harkless, and Marcus, he's not that athletic. So if if he's out there in space one on one with a dude that actually has a good offensive game, he doesn't have the lateral quickness to stay in front of him. So he's going to become a liability defensively, and. He also has the tendency to take bad shots at the worst possible time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think they're going to miss more Harkless more than they think they are. Don't forget about Ivan Zubic and Reggie Jackson. Hey, God well, bless hold on. Zubac starts at center for them. Give that man his 20-minute respect minutes. If Luke Longley can be a, a, a contributing part of the uh, Dimbles, <laughs> then give Zubac some credit, bro. But, yeah, no, the Clippers are strong. They go about, what, 10, 11 deep, and everybody on that team can play. I'm not, yeah, I'm not shitting on any of them, but I think that that Mo Harkless trade, I think that's going to come back and bite him in the ass. Everybody can play, and everybody can defend except for Lou Williams. And he's the scorer. He's probably their second-best scorer, with all due respects to Paul George. So you got three guys that can go out there and create their own shot, which in today's NBA, that's what you need. And get you 25. And get you 25 on any given night. I love Lou Williams. He's literally one of my favorite players in the world. I, I got, can I, real quick, man, before we get to number two, can I just tell my, my two favorite Lou Williams stories? No. Okay, I don't care what you say. So the first one is, y'all know, I don't know if this is still the case, but at one particular point in time, he had two girlfriends. And everybody mm-hmm. knew about each other. And it was all great. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I, I appreciate that. And my, my second favorite Lou Williams story Kind of goes into my first favorite Lou Williams story because of his mouthpiece. There was a dude when he was playing for the Raptors that ran up on Lou and was trying to rob him at gunpoint. So not only did he end up not robbing Lou Williams, Lou ended up taking the melon farmer to McDonald's to go grab something to eat. And they was chilling. That's true story. That's true story. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Lou Williams. He's literally one of my favorite players in the league. And I I love his game. I I was gonna say the same thing. I appreciate that that Jamal Crawford handed off the best six man with handles and and irrational last fifty point game to to Lou Williams. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. The Williams mugger was like, but up up up, I'm not mugger. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to uh, I've nicknamed him Sweet Lou Williams because everything's sweet about him. Even his game is smooth. All right, and let's clearly. Uh, yeah, we'll go ahead. Let's have the Bucks Lakers debate or whatever we're going to have here because obviously these are the last two teams. I believe that Platt had the Clippers two, the Bucks three, Lakers one. Ray had the Clippers three along with me. I believe he's going to have the Lakers one and the Bucks two. That's it. There you go. All right. I'll start off. 
I just I just see the Bucks as a deeper team. And if their system holds up, you know, not only do you have Giannis, you got Middleton and Bledsoe, first team all defense, but you have the Lopez brothers. You can defend inside. They can also run. Think about the guys that they have that play the one, two, or three. George Hill, DiVincenzo, Wes Matthews is on this team. Kyle Korver coming off the bench. Pat Connaughton and Sterling Brown are capable players. Like, this is a really deep team. This is the deepest team in the league, period. That's yeah. why they're so good. The numbers Giannis yeah, are putting 2011. up. The numbers, no, that's bullshit. The numbers Giannis are putting up are in the least amount of minutes of all time. Literally. The guy is barely playing minutes because they're running people out of the gym before when he's in the game. So that's my – I think the Bucks are a deeper team than the Lakers. I think – I believe – I want to believe Giannis is going to figure it out and take care of the Lakers, but this Laker team is so fucking good. It's so good. So uh, are y'all ready for my, my Bucks rant? Or, Ray, would you like to say something first? It's not even it's, a I mean, rant. It's just – it's a question. PC, put your yeah, no, put your, your headphones in because I have a question for you, sir. Everything you said is exactly correct. They've got a lot of guys on here that can play. They've logged a lot of playoff minutes. They're battle tested. Giannis is an absolute beast. I don't think anybody on these airwaves would disagree with that at all. And he's developed a bit of a jumper, too. No, he hasn't. Don't do well, that. The, we're, don't make that we're, lie. We're, yeah. Even like, the Milwaukee no. dudes, like, no, like, don't make that lie. I didn't say it was good. I said it was okay. Okay, fair enough. All right. Maybe I overhyped <laughs> it. But let me but let me ask this question. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. In the playoffs, where the game slows down and every possession counts, teams are gonna do one of two things to Giannis, okay? They're either going to run a double team at him as soon as he gets across half court. They're going to run a double team at him at a weird angle, and he's going to have to make a pass out. Or they're just going to lag off of him and force him to shoot that jump shot. So two questions. Do you think that jump shot is consistent enough for them to be able to score enough points? Or when they run that double team at him at that weird angle, that he's not going to be expecting it to come from, and he's got to pass it out to one of his teammates, who's going to step up and make the play? Okay, so here's here's what happens. One of two things need to happen, and the second thing is two parts. So the first thing is you just need to stay ahead of teams like they have been. You play phenomenal defense. You stay up 12 to 15 points the entire game. It doesn't matter at the end because you just continue to play that game where you rebound, play defense, push, open man, right? They're matchup nightmares. The big guys can shoot. Their, their wings and, and guards can take it to the hoop, right? George Hill and Eric Bledsoe are phenomenal finishers, and they can shoot from the outside. So, A, you need to stay ahead of people. That's the easy solution, right? B, under 12 seconds, once the ball's moving around and we don't have a legitimate shot off the break, then we need to run the offense through Middleton or Bledsoe, period. Bledsoe can get to the hoop and notes how to dish. Middleton can create his own shot, whether it's a post-up or off a pick. That's just the way it is. Giannis cannot be the key contributor when the clock gets under 10 seconds. You need to figure out a, a mini play at the end for that. Because, like Ray said, even I know, he's not – he's gotten better shooting. The part he's gotten better at is more willing to take those shots. That's the only reason he's making more. Granted, he's up percentage-wise, but it's not what we want. So we're going to totally negate that 
Eric Bledsoe shit the bed last postseason. And I'm not saying he's not redeemable because Kyle Lowry, I feel like he redeemed himself last year during that Raptors playoff run. He had some big moments and he came up big in some games. But are we going to totally negate the fact that Eric Bledsoe shit the bed last postseason? I'm not saying I'm just saying. That happens. That's still a guy you need on the court because he's first team all defense last year. I'm going to put it to you this way. Chris Middleton, if given the fact, knowing that he's the guy down the stretch at the end of games, I think will step up. He's done it in playoffs before. You can go back and look that up. He's had some big playoff games, some big finishes. I'll say this. Bucks win the title because Dante DiVincenzo steps up. You watch. Oh, White Dante. What's up? White Dante, Bob. <laughs> What's up? I'm sorry. The I'm guy sorry. is just ready. The guy is just ready to become a big time player. He can shoot, he can drive, he's got ups, he can guard. He's a guy that you, so you don't mind me. being on either side of the court. So tell me this is this is their Magic Delvadova, basically. out oh, of nowhere. Oh no, god, we paid him way too much <laughs> to get the fuck out of town. No, this is like this is like a better form of like Craig Elo. He should send tithings to LeBron, Delaladova, because LeBron got that melon farmer paid. He should send 10% of his earnings to LeBron. Him? Tristan Thompson? J.R. Smith has eaten for his entire career off of Melo and LeBron. Still don't wear a watch. Still don't wear a watch. Still don't want to know what time it is. (laughs) Walk around without a shirt. Right, yeah. Ray, why don't you uh, tell us what you think from these last couple spots here? But we'll we'll give Platt the coup de gras here. Okay, um, I'm gonna make some real quick points that hopefully will illustrate why I think the Lakers are over the Bucks. Um, one, LeBron James. Two, LeBron James. Three, LeBron. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But legitimately, one is you have two of the best five players on the same team in the league: LeBron and Anthony Davis. Playoffs always come down to stars. It's just what it's always done. Two, your point about them being deeper is factual. However, playoffs, notoriously, the benches shut, slow down and, and, and get smaller. So that isn't a strength anymore. It's, it's, it, being deep, deep isn't a strength unless you run into foul trouble or, excuse me, injuries. And neither of the two are going to be a problem. And the Bucks are a tremendous foul shooting team anyway. So that's the second thing. Number three, um, they, the interior defense on the Lakers is so good. It's probably the best interior defense in the game. And I know, let me tell you why. I, look, as a team, you're absolutely right. The Bucks are better. But when you have Anthony Davis, who might Giannis. be the best defensive in Gian- the game. No, Giannis. Giannis is better. White Howard, who's the third best. Brooke Lopez. I'm gonna pretend you didn't say that. Whoa, 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 Go look at the stats. Go look at the stats. Go look at the stats. No. Go look at the defensive player efficiency rating. Go look at them. We are not. We are not. Oh no, it's true. Giannis is one and Brook Lopez is five. We are not gonna sit up here. We's on Al Gore's internet. I listen to you. Let you tell that goddamn lie talking about Brooke Ray, tell him. Lopez Ray, tell is him. a solid defensive player. Tell, he's fifth no, in the league in Robin, defensive yes. efficiency. Brooke Lopez. Come on, okay. man. Lopez no. Had, this year he's had a really good defensive year. That doesn't this eliminate year. the other 12 years, dog. Come on, man. Give him credit for Come the year. on, man. Seriously? This isn't, this isn't 2009. This That's isn't 2010. Dwight Howard shrunk like three inches since them motherfucking days. 
And have you watched him play this year? He's been lights out defensively. Dwight Howard was always even, six foot Yeah, four, and he can't man. shoot a free throw Dwight or make a three. So Brooke four, Lopez, man. I'll take him all day, motherfucker. Play defense. And and here's and and uh, my two last points. This is ridiculous. <laughs> my two last points. You'll you'll appreciate these, Chris. Is they have the two most irrational superstars in history. <laughs> and 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 the gangster Alex Caruso and Dion Waiters Island. <laughs> and Bill Simmons, I think he's the only one left on Dion Waiters Island. He's not the only day. one. Dog. Dion Waiters ain't on Dion Waiters Island. <laughs> no, his mama ain't even on Dion Waiters Island before. <laughs> and lastly, but not least, the Lakers have they they have the secret weapon. God. Johnson's little brother played for the Lakers. <laughs> Touche. Just say it. Touche. Yeah. So, but no, all, all jokes aside, man, the, I, this is, this is, uh, Jonas hasn't proven that he can get it done in the clutch yet. He He's the best from one to 45 player in the game right now. Those last three minutes matter. Chris Middleton got to prove. This is his time to show and prove. You got paid, homie. It's time to show and prove you're not Mo Williams, that you really a legit all-star because you're an all-star, not because you play next to a great player. And the Lakers just have the poise and the hit. Like, LeBron has done this year, year after year after year after year. So I just I just trust what the, what the Lakers have over the Bucks right now. And Budenholz is a great coach. Like they, have, everything is right for the Bucks. I just trust the Lakers a little more. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. Seriously, I mean, you got LeBron, you got KD, or not KD. Uh, what's the man's name? The Brow. The Brow. We just say the Brow. And this, honestly, this rest is probably the best thing that's happened for LeBron because you you could if you watch some of those games closely you could clearly see the tread on the tire was wearing out a little bit so this rest was the best thing for him hell this time off might extend his career another two or three years I, I don't think I'm being hyperbolic when I say that so yeah and he he's been there he knows how to get it done Kyle Kuzma I'm gonna need a little bit more from you sir because you're the I sixth did. man I, I'm, I'm gonna need you to step up a little bit you've had a very disappointing season I didn't mention that Bassett for that very reason you you remember? Okay, let me let me see how I know you guys are deep basketball fans. Remember when Rick Smith cut his hair and he was trash for like three months? <laughs> and everybody yeah, was like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Body. yeah. Go back to the blonde. When Kyle, when Kyle Kuzma went blonde, oh. he got trashed. Go back to the fade, homie, and stop when, hanging out with Kardashians. When he stopped banging Jeannie, Jeannie Bust, allegedly, that's when he got trashed. Ooh. Allegedly, yeah. Ooh. That's why they didn't trade him. Remember when they traded everybody for uh, Anthony Davis and, you know, they were talking about that Kuzma was on the block? I I knew there was no way in hell that he was going to get traded because at that time, allegedly, I got to say allegedly, him and Jeannie Buss, yeah, yeah. The thoughts and opinions of Christopher White do not necessarily reflect <laughs> the thoughts and opinions of the ChairShot.com or the three-man weave, PC Tunney, or Ray Cash. I'm just saying, man, sometimes people tell me things, allegedly. Uh, this is the reason why I start the Outsider's Edge with uh, with that warning, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> so we are protected throughout the entire show for shit like this. 
But yeah, it's hard to me. It's hard for me to see a scenario where the Lakers don't win the title, even though my head is telling me every time I've seen them play the Clippers, the Clippers were clearly the better team in that scenario. It's just hard for me to believe that the Lakers are not going to win the title this year. It just is. I, I, yeah, I can't see that scenario happening. On that note, let's wrap it up here. Let's give our last sporting thoughts. I am looking forward to things opening back up. We got the Lance Armstrong special tonight, recording on a Sunday today. Uh, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee uh, special next Sunday on ESPN. Are we gonna are we gonna cover that, guys? We gotta cover the Bruce Lee special, right? Want him? I got him dripping like water. Want him? I got him dripping like water. I think you got your answer. My name's PC Tony. <laughs> you can find me at PC Tony. You can find me right here at three underscore man weave. In addition, check out pod underscore is underscore war and Podcast DWI. Great cash. Black Lives Matter. You heard both of those gentlemen. Uh, before I get up out of here, man, shout out to NBA TV. They've been holding me down like an anvil on a seesaw during this whole quarantine process because they're throwing, they're showing all these old school NBA playoff games, you know? So I got to see, uh, well, I, I taped the greatest game ever played, AKA the uh, 20 game seven of the 2016 NBA finals. I got to see uh, game six, of the 1988 finals, the Lakers versus the Pistons, or the Pistons versus, yeah, Lakers versus the Pistons. That's the one where Isaiah Thomas sprained his ankle and then went out and scored 25 points in the, yeah, on one ankle and then the rest stole it from him. They called that bullshit foul on Lambeer, but whatever, whatever. But no, there's a lot of good old school games that they've been showing and really, honestly, that's the only thing I've been watching. That and I'll, I'll have family matters on while I'm working. But that's about it. That's the only thing I've been watching on TV, so it's shout out to them. It's <laughs> this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. A love and tradition of the grand design. Some people say it's even harder to find. But there must be some magic glue inside these gentle walls. Now, I don't know the words as we carry on, but it goes something like this. As days go by, it's a good love of the family. I swear to God, I swear to God, I'm cycling through my third watch of family matters which what, what i mean is that i've gone through the entire series twice and i'm working on it the third time <laughs> so shout out to them hey man you guys can find me on the twitter at the real c plat you can find me everywhere pc tunny said and more importantly make sure you guys go to pro, and gals too go to pro forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt i said it at the beginning i'm gonna say it in the end if you appreciate the content that we provide on a day in and day out basis then show us a little bit of love by spending a little bit of your hard-earned money not a lot just a little and picking up a t-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shop. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. Fellas, did I miss anything? Or is there anything that anybody just feels like they have to get off their chest right now before we get up out of here? How much time you got? <laughs> hey man, I got a whole bottle of vodka, man. What you got? Go ahead and have a seat. I am a certified life coach. I'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, I, I I pray that you 
ladies and gentlemen, had half as much fun listening as we had recording it. And if that's the case, we did our jobs. Shout out to the Commissioner PC Tunney. Shout out for to Ray Cash, man. These are my brothers. I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the latest edition of Three Man Weave. We'll be back next week. Until then, shalom. Right, this cut goes out to all y'all that's been missing us for mad years. One love, yo. Yeah, that's right. He's got game. E.E. 1998. If man is the father, the son is the center of the earth. In the middle of the universe. Then why is this verse coming six times rehearsed? Don't freestyle much, but I write them like such. Word. Amongst the fiends controlled by the screens. What does it all mean, all this shit I'm seeing? <laughs> Human beings screaming vocal javelins. Sign of a local nigga unraveling. Uh-huh. My wandering got my ass wondering With crisis and all this crisis Hating Satan never knew what nice is Check the papers, well I bet on ISIS More than your eye can see and ears can hear Year by year all the sense disappears Nonsense perseveres, prayers links with fear Beware, two triple O's It might feel good, it might sound a little something But damn the game, if it don't mean nothing What is game? Who got game? Where's the game in life? Behind the game, behind the game I got game, she got game, we got game They got game, he got game It might feel good, it might sound a little something But fuck the game if it ain't saying nothing Damn, was it something I said? You don't see, so you turn your head. Scared of his shadow, doesn't matter. That's funny. We literally watched that movie last night as well before we went down the Michael Jackson rabbit hole because Amber had never seen it. And the funny thing is, because I remember when that movie came out and everybody was praising Ray Allen's performance. And even as a you know, as a youth, I'm thinking, are they seeing something different than what I'm seeing? Like Ray Allen was a horrible actor. You know, I I mean, I get the artistic choice of having an actual basketball player in that role, plus Ray Allen had the baby face so he could pass off as a high school kid, but his acting, and they surrounded him with a lot of good actors in that movie as well, but his acting left a lot to be desired. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm mad, because you left me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs>